part-time mayor. He sucks. My answer was that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. Fuck Kathleen Wynn. Sorry to, uh, to point that finger at you. You're saying council wouldn't approve it. And two, you're robbing them of their, their voice. It's, it's, he's already, he's already failed to uphold it. Welcome back to the Municipals, guys. I am your host, Matthew. And I'm, of course, Philip. Of course. And today we are honored, honored to be joined by the youngest candidate in this previous municipal election. She ran in Ward 6, Miss Hope Shire. I hope I, 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 I'm, <laughs> I, I hope I got that right by now. <laughs> it's good enough. Uh, it's Hope Shire. Uh, thank you so much for having me. So, Hope. One of the big planks of your platform, I wanted to talk about your platform. I know we, we did a one-on-one uh, during the election, but just to bring it back, was school safety. And and I want to know if you were able to, because um, not just my debate, but there were other debates, if you were able to, I, I guess, go further on, on what you meant by the school safety. I know that you previously told me that there was only one high school in your region and i was wondering if maybe if you can um um i guess ex- expound on that a little bit and then if philip and i have any questions we'll jump in yeah no totally so in terms of the school safety there i believe i think it's actually two schools it's not two no because there's northview too yeah sorry so, um but i believe that there's two schools but i went to like mckenzie which is like one of the main pretty much the main one and it was very very overpopulated and also in terms of like safetyness, like there was like unfortunately like crime that happened at the school and like you should feel safe going to school and everything. And I just feel like we need like a big project in the ward that we need to work towards is opening up a new school, especially because we are so welcoming and we have so many new condos opening up, but we don't have really many. We have a bunch of bunch of middle schools and elementary schools, but not very many high schools, which How creates many- how many uh, students did you say was in McKenzie? I believe when I went, it was like close to 2,000, maybe like 1,800. Wow. Like, and it was also, it was built as a middle school, like a bunch of years ago. So like. That's a huge yeah. school. Yeah. So like the, the ceilings are like kind of lower. Like it's kind of like a smaller school, but like it always felt so crowded. I always explained like when you were walking from class to class, it felt like after you were leaving like a concert and you know, when it's like all so busy and crowded, like that's how it felt. So just like, if you don't mind me asking, um, what kind of crimes are you for? Are you referring to like, like simple muggings or, or what are we talking? Um, there was a, I think I, I think I was in grade 11 or 12. I don't remember. There was like a stabbing in the school and it was kind of like very like, I don't like no one like no one told anything about it it was all like kind of like no one knew anything which made us feel like more dangerous because like you know like when everyone was talking about it at lunch and then we saw like the police come to the school and that was like the main one that comes to mind and just like in terms of being safetyness like just of the area like it didn't feel so super duper safe what about uh I, I I don't think I asked you this question during the election what about your position on um uh, school resource officers, I guess, police in schools. How did you, where did you cite on that issue? Um, I don't know if I 
fully like agree like it needs to be happening 24 7 but maybe just like circling around the area like during busy times so like maybe like just like a police go driving by at lunchtime or during like pickup or drop off just if they can just I feel like that would make people feel a bit more safe or not like them being there 24 7 though awesome Phil do you have any questions uh hope how far removed from high school are you like how many years has it been since you were in school um, it's been like a year and a half almost. Two. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was my, like what I thought was my polite way of asking how old you are. Um, <laughs> but also to know, like, you know, obviously your policy would, would be based on your experience by being so not that far. You know what I mean? No, oh, totally. no. Yeah. I'm phrasing that very poorly, but, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I just thought that was a very interesting, um, I mean, that's the, for me, the interesting thing about municipal politics is uh, where everyone is coming from, like everyone's sort of unique perspective that they bring to, because uh, like municipal politics is so important, but we really, we don't pay too much attention to it, even like, uh, even in high school, which for me was not a year and a half ago, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was half a semester for civics. And of course, I don't know about you, but I know where I was when I was in your you know, position a year and a half out of high school. I wouldn't have remembered anything from my civics class then. So it's, I mean, I think I'm just more impressed that you're so interested to be, I mean, because I, I feel like sort of my interest in municipal politics sort of just is very new and recent. Um, but that's just not something you see very many young people participate in. So I just, I think that's very cool. Not, not a question, just more a compliment <laughs> no all good yeah i'm 19 years old so yeah um another thing i want to ask your um you you went to a debate uh it was at a school i can't remember if it was a high school or middle school but um i was told by people that were there your speech uh was something like um you know i used to be sitting he right here where you guys are and now i'm up here or something like that and i'm just wondering i I, I got to ask how that made you feel to be able to uh, present like that. It was really cool. It was actually like Mackenzie. So the high school oh. I went to, so it was really full circle. It, it like really felt like cool going back. It was actually the first time I had been back since I graduated since COVID and everything. And it was really cool. And yeah, it kind of did feel like that. Like just like seeing like, like I don't like just seeing like, obviously I pay attention to when everyone else is talking but then to see all the students like faces like light up when I started to talk it felt like I had like a, a power I don't know how to explain it it was like a super cool feeling and um about I'm just curious to know about your overall experience during the election and 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 how I mean obviously it didn't pan out but how you think you did and and um and if it's going to parlay into your future plans um, so it was honestly a really great experience. I also like, pushed myself really out of my comfort zone. Honestly, I was really happy with the outcome. I got like, I came number third, three, and I got like, um, just about 1300 votes, which hell yeah. thinking about that, that's like the whole population of my school. That's how I think of things. But like when I went to high school or just like thinking about like 1300 people, like that's like a lot of people that went and like put my name down. So it's like, more than just the people I know. <laughs> it's cool. And it was a good experience, especially with my age. I got to go on like TV and a lot, a lot of articles and stuff. 
and that is like stuff some stuff I want to do when I'm older like I want to go into social media and stuff so that was really really cool and then I had a victory party with my family and my friends on the night of the election so that was really fun and I still get questions about it today or like I'm in class and someone's like oh look you ran for city councilor like I feel like it's just something that's not gonna like just like go away like my whole life like it's gonna be something I did when I was like 19 which is really cool it's notoriety no notoriety <laughs> yeah I came third out of four so that's still pretty good no you did amazing and you know I mean I did as much as I could I I was talking about you to everybody I'm like <laughs> you guys you I'm like you guys got to see this youngest candidate in the whole game <laughs> thank you you're welcome see I wasn't because in my mind I was thinking like I know uh Evan uh Sam Vez we we don't know how to pronounce his name. We messed up but, names uh, here. He, yeah, but he's he was twenty six. So I was thinking, I was like, okay, so how old is is Oh, I could have asked. I should have asked beforehand, but <laughs> but I didn't. So uh, here we are. Yeah. Um. God, I think I had a point, but I I'm losing it. So <laughs> it's all good. So how we uh, we usually do this, hope is you know we we ask you some questions and then we have. Um, kind of a, a list of things that we we go through um depending on what happens in the week and and we ask you for your your you know your take on it um yeah. so i if, if it's okay with you i'd like to start with um i don't know if you had a chance to read it but um mayor tory's budget announcements it's a bit Ooh. of a bit of Wait, a before before we begin yeah we can separate that into pieces yeah well my big my big thought is uh you know hope since the election have you been paying attention to like city stuff continuing to uh, and this yeah i've been trying um it was just got really busy with like exam season and everything because i'm also in university so right. i've been trying my best and then i also work retail so it was like christmas time this, i hope you know that this wasn't a judgment call my thought was more like because i know for me after i did the you know after the election was over all i thought was you know, I just want more. I just want to keep doing this. So I wasn't sure if there were people who were just like, they went through like six months of campaigning and then they were just so burnt out that they were like, I need to not see what's going on for like the next little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, so I was just even curious if like, if we, I guess it's, uh, I don't know. I guess I, I'm unintentionally you you were gauging her yeah i get it i get yeah, it yeah and i i feel guilty now that i'm <laughs> i'm doing this and i'm realizing what i'm doing i'm like uh oh what's so uh... very rude of me like i wouldn't do this to norm <laughs> this is very rude i'm so sorry hope this is so rude <laughs> what's your uh you know what's your position on um on bill 23 and 39 i'm just curious if you you've uh read up or, or seen any of the city council meetings I've briefly seen it. Um, to be honest, I'm not too familiar with it. So um, 20, 23 is the the Better Homes Faster. Uh, that's the the provincial one. Well, they're both provincial, actually. And then Bill 39 is the, quote unquote, stronger mayor powers. You know, because strong mayor powers wasn't good enough. He needed stronger. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we just wanted to get your opinion just because, uh, you know, it it even though the legislation is passed, you know, 
it's going to continuously be an issue for the next four years up till at least until we either have a new mayor or a new premier that comes along and repeals this because let's be honest doug ford's not going to do it um it benefits his friends and himself so he's not going to do it um we're basically waiting for the next person to come along and 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 do it and i'm just wondering um What's your what's your what's your thought on that? I uh, I know I'm probably handicapping you a little bit because you were busy with exams, but anything you want to add on that? I just I think too much power is not good for like one person. It should be like divided. I'm not too familiar, so like I don't want to like necessarily say like the wrong thing. Um, so yeah, I don't really know that much more about. I mean, it. but you got it. You got the 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 essence down. It's it's just it's undemocratic. It's just giving one person more regardless of the details it's just more power which i mean we should all be we should all maybe i'm being uh talking too broadly we should all be opposed to centralizing power (laughs) i mean but i mean that another but i also laugh about it i just thought of something else did you have a chance to reach out into uh any of the candidates either running against you or in other wards during the election yeah, so I actually met up, I met some of them at my school, and I got to meet the other candidates I was running against in person, mm-hmm. and I caught up with some of them over social media and, like, sharing each other's posts and stuff, so that was really cool. Awesome. And uh, did you get to meet any of the mayoral candidates? Uh, yeah, there was also some mayoral candidates at... Um, my high school and what was really cool is I was just walking in the parking lot and one of them like knew who I was from Ooh. all this so that was really cool to see and I got like endorsed also by a few of them which was really cool absolutely it's a very um, cool feeling to be like recognized when you when that's just not something you you recognize mm-hmm. as like that just doesn't happen you're like you it happens to other people and then the first time it happens to you what a cool feeling does yeah it ha- does it happen at work um, yeah, it happens at work. I also, I make TikToks. Oh, yes. Um, so, yeah. Um, okay, so if uh, you guys are good, I'm going to start reading the letter. It's kind of long, so I'll, I'll break it up and then uh, we can comment on it. Um, uh, just says, uh, Mayor Tory announces housing and other nuts and bolts investments in the 2023 budget. Uh, today, I don't know what the date on this is, sorry. Uh, today, Mayor... John Tory, Councillor Gary Crawford, your boy, <laughs> uh, Jer- <laughs> Chair of the Budget Committee, uh, Deputy Mayor uh, Jennifer McKelvey, and Councillor Brad Bradford, who's the uh, Chair of Planning and Housing Committee, outlined proposal proposed investments to the 2023 budget to improve and protect nuts and bolts city services that Toronto relies on. Uh, crucially, this budget proposes we invest nearly $2 billion in gross spending uh, for housing, housing initiatives, um, excluding ongoing COVID-19 expenses. This budget proposes $616 million in direct support from the city's tax base for housing initiatives. These uh, housing initiatives build on the historic 2023 Housing Action Plan proposed by Mayor Tory and passed by Council in December uh, these investments include $3.5 million in new funding to fully support the implementation of legalizing multi-tenant housing. Uh, give me a second. 
0.08 million for the eviction prevention intervention in the community, the EPIC program, 18.85 million for the multi-unit residential acquisition program, 146 million for the operation of the city's housing secretariat, which includes housing development, revitalization, and improvement and support for tenants. And lastly, 295.8 million uh, for the city subsidy in the Toronto Community Housing Corporation, as well as a further 10.8 million as they work to mitigate the impacts of COVID-19. I'm sorry, that was a lot. And <laughs> so it's okay. Hello? Yeah, it was, it was a lot of numbers. Your thoughts on, on these numbers? And we'll get to the, the police thing in a minute. Uh, I'm just putting that aside for a second. Uh, what do you think on these numbers, Phil? Oh, okay, sorry. Um, so we're going to start this and hope I need you to understand that I really don't like Don Tory. <laughs> Uh, I hate him. I think he's a terrible mayor and person. Um, So most of the time, I am not in the business of giving John Tory kudos. He is not a man who deserves it. Uh, He doesn't do things very often to deserve kudos. Uh, Of course, I'm very excited about legalizing multi-tenant housing. So that's I don't know how much money needs to go into that. The the numbers, a lot of the numbers that are in that letter to me are just kind of like in one year, out the other. Cause I don't I don't know the context for like the financials, right? But like we're finally getting multi-tenant housing. That's very cool. I like that a lot. Um what I I obviously I like the idea of the program, the the acquisition of affordable housing by the city my my problem my issue is what does 18 million dollars get you versus and i i know we haven't gotten there and we're going to uh the police budget um it's like 15 or 18 million for acquisition 50 million for the police you know this is we're choosing we're showing our priorities here that's that's my uh my thoughts on here. I agree. Um, I have to disagree with you a little bit, Philip. I don't think that this is so much John Tory. This is council finally getting something pushed through and John Tory feels the heat and goes, you know, I might have to do something this term. I might actually have to do something other than collecting dust. Like uh, Chloe Brown said, you're not wrong. Uh, I, I think I just, needed an opportunity to give John Tory kudos. But as uh, as the famous drilled tweet says, uh, you you don't under any circumstances gotta hand it to him. So you're right. I'll let's give the credit to the counselors because I like them better than John Tory. Hope what was your uh, position on the uh, the multi-tenant uh, resident basically rooming houses? Um I don't necessarily like I'm trying to, what's the word when you like don't agree or disagree? You don't, um, you don't disagree or you do disagree? Like, <laughs> I'm in the middle, like neutral, so- neutral about it. Like, um, I'm not too sure how I feel. I'm not like pro or like not against it. Like whatever ends up happening with it, I think is okay. Is there a reason that you're, you're kind of in the middle that you're willing to share? It's, it's okay. It's, we're, it's all good. 
Um, my, my dad's a real estate agent, so okay. I, I know like a little bit about housing and everything. So just some things I hear him say. Is it it's bad for business? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just it's it's always nice to hear um opposing even even if they are opposing or in the middle views. Um, you know, not not everyone that comes on this show agrees with us or, you know, uh, on every issue, you know, we disagree with them, they disagree with us. And it's it's actually it makes the uh, it, ma it makes it more fun. Um, so, yeah, I, I welcome it. Um, oh, I think that we do need more apartments and not condos. Absolutely. Because let's be honest, nobody's renting condos n not uh for any anything that's quoted as um uh affordable housing in fact um in one of the first meetings i think phil and i covered this excuse me um it was uh ward uh, ward 10 counselor osma malik she wanted to change the definition of uh affordable housing like no it, it's really like crazy like the like the world we live in now and like what's considered to be affordable housing. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm going to throw uh, like a bit of an anecdote. Um, you know, I remember all of my friends and they're like their parents having these large apartments that they lived in, like the, the purpose built rentals that are even just so much bigger than like condos are. And it's insane to me how much more expensive they are especially for how like poorly a lot of them are built uh again once again not a question not a statement but it's like you're i 100 agree with you on the concept of there needs to be more purpose-built rentals like apartments made and not condos because condos as matt points out correctly and i because I, I talked about during the election, one of uh, one of the candidates in Ward 20, Parthi, he, uh, he really fought against a lot of these condo developments. Now, I'm sort of in the camp of things need to get built because there just aren't enough. Uh, but Matt also very rightly would point out because I would say, you know, things need to get built. And then so things can be affordable. And then Matt will correctly say, well, condos aren't affordable. Like they'll build them, but condos aren't affordable. He's correct. I keep forgetting that when I talk about just Bill. Uh, another thing that we learned, well, we should have known, but we did learn, I learned, in um, in the, one of the first council meetings is that Toronto is made up of 48% renters. That's 48% renters. And, uh, you know, you never know what Doug Ford's plan is going to be, whether he wants it to be 100% uh, homeowners or not. But, I mean, that's why... Going back to the rooming houses, that's why they're I, I believe that's the reason why they're legalizing them now. It's it's to give people a place to go because they have no intention of building any high rise, mid rise apartment buildings. The only buildings they're going to build are condo buildings, period. No, I, really? I don't. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Oh. Uh, hope first. I'll, I'll follow up. I was just going to say, no, I definitely agree with that. And also back on like to like the affordable housing. Um, I know I'm only 19. I'm not buying a house so soon. But I just like hear like talking to my friends and stuff like a lot of 
even like their families and stuff are moving out of Toronto because of like how unaffordable it is and how expensive it is so it's just like we want we want Toronto to stay busy we want to like the people to stay here and all like the, um, the millennials like all people my age like it's too expensive to live in Toronto so we need to like do something about that absolutely go ahead Phil uh it certainly feels like uh they're doing everything in their power to make it as unaffordable as possible but it also feels impossible to escape because that's also expensive um you know and that was the same thing with i was saying before or i've said it a couple times where we're at a weird point it feels like where employers are trying their best to pay as little as possible and landlords are trying to charge as much as possible. And I feel like, I mean, that's always been the case. That's always been true. Like that's kind of always been the goal, but we're sort of reaching a point where those two realities are, you know, instead of landlords charging as much as possible, employers charging as little as possible. We're like, I guess, closer like this, this, this demonstration doesn't make sense, but <laughs> uh, I understood it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So now this is uh, landlords charging rent. This is employers paying wages, and the gap is just so huge. Um, <laughs> you understand my point. I'm glad you got it. I do not regret using my hands in an entirely audio format. <laughs> Okay, so to continue, it says the proposed investments to improve, protect, and preserve nuts and bolts city services through the 2023 budget include pre protecting recreation center hours during shoulder seasons, uh, keeping outdoor pools and rinks operating in their full schedules, continuing to deploy seasonal parks work teams for spring and fall cleanup, increasing the Toronto Public Library budget by $5 million, or 2.4 over the 2022 budget and continuing COVID-19 support of 3.6 million, uh, protecting the winter maintenance budget, which honors Mayor Tory's campaign commitment to continue providing expanded sidewalk snow clearing across the city and ensuring seasonal washrooms and fountains in city parks are open earlier in the spring and later in the fall through an added investment of over $2.86 million. Wow. Um, Phil, I didn't realize it would cost an extra $2.86 million to go down to the parks and turn on the water. I love it. It's, uh, it's my favorite uh, economical... Well, that's how we're saving money. We're saving that money by not doing it. <laughs> So you know what? John Tory wins. What can we do? We hate we hate water in the parks and we love saving two point eight million dollars, which is I think a one fifth of the security contracts to patrol the parks with security. I'm being too sarcastic right now. I just um No, no, I think it's actually it's it's more than one fifth because the, <laughs> the 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 I thought it was like ten million. No, the security contract I believe was twenty 21 or 22 million whoops well my sarcasm still gets the point across you know yes, it does and it's at the same time it's also this um this kind of nuts and bolts announcement 
it's so funny because it's it continues John Tory making announcements about him basically saying, I'm going to do my job as mayor. And what's even worse about that is he made an announcement like that two months ago, you know, the, the Blitz TO, where he was going to clean everything up, you know, very rapidly because it was like that was the big complaint about John Tory during the campaign. That didn't happen. He keeps saying he's going to do stuff. I like censored myself on my own show. He keeps saying he's going to do shit and then he just doesn't. Well, and... at, le at least he dropped the trust me part. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. I'm only going to use it for transit, <laughs> housing, trust me. Trust me. Which is, of course, what every trustable person has to say before they tell you something. So, you know, we didn't start this podcast with trust me. Uh, and that's how you know everything we're saying is lies. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so that that's that. Um, I don't really want to go too much into that. I'd rather talk about John Tory's decision to increase the police budget $48.3 million. Phil, I know you got lots to say, but Hope is our guest. And as uh, uh, ladies first, uh, I'd love to hear anything you have to say about, uh, you know, the job the police does and, and what you think maybe um, raising the budget means and uh, anything else you want to say on the topic. So yeah, I saw that on the TV, like I think yesterday or today, I don't know, they've been like reporting a lot about it. And I, I agree with it because well, somewhat I think police are very, very important, especially unfortunately, Toronto is has gone a little downhill in terms of like, the, their crime rate and the safety. And you don't want to feel like dangerous in your own, in your own home. So I do agree, like with the police. Well, a little bit. I do. I think it might be a, like it's a lot of a lot of money, maybe not as much, but I do agree with more police presence. That was what was really important to me during my campaign. Um, I really wanted more police presence, and I just think it is a lot of money though. That could be also used for other things. So Phil, kind of, but I don't know. Phil, don't you know go that. you go next because I'm gonna blow your mind, Phil. So. Oh. You go Are next. You, you're gonna blow my. Okay, I all am. right. I'm I'm ready for that. Okay. As uh, here's another thing. Uh, if you if you don't know a lot about me, I am very anti-police. Like, very much on board. Um, you know, taking away their their municipal budget to to fund social services, uh, because I believe that this you know, to prevent crime, you need to materially improve people's lives or rather the source of crime is you know people commit crimes because their lives suck like you know financial restraints you know stressors things like that like that's the source of crime police don't prevent that you know police react to crime so i'm very it's very frustrating especially for john tory to to talk so much about how there's no money in the city for anything and you know, how we're broke and how he needs to like cry and beg to the provincial and federal governments for cash. And then it's just, Oh yeah, by the way, also the police, we just give them more money. And it's irregardless of the controversial report that came out at the beginning of the summer, their uh, use of force and race report, um, you know, that basically talked about the racist accidents of the police 
alongside their heavy-handed enforcement of cyclists, especially at Hyde Park. And uh, and if there's just tons of of different stories and headlines of police controversies. And it just, in my mind, there's never any accountability with the police. And this is just a long-winded, this is a really long-winded way for me to say that I don't like the police. But, um, and so I'm opposed to any, any budget increase for the police. That's, that's where I stand. I don't want a budget increase for anything. And I, I just think that the city needs to be more critical looking at the money we spend on the police and how our police are used. So I agree with hope that the police are absolutely essential, but I also agree with Philip about the money. So here's what I think. I think that um, much like you were saying, Philip, the police are reactive and that's part of the problem that only are there to be reactive. Well, half the problem is, is if you can be proactive, it eliminates a lot of the need to be reactive. You're not going to eliminate all crime. Obviously not. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, Philip, the last four years, the police budget has gone up every year. Isn't that correct? I believe I believe that's correct. Okay. Uh, and, I know at least and, the last budget it went up for sure. And, and would you and but, I'm sorry, would you say that the last four years with every budget increase, <clears throat> crimes increased? Or uh, either that or has stayed the same. Here's here's it what has, I'll say it has not because, gone down as well. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I I think okay. that's probably fair to say. Okay. I was gonna say I don't know if crime like I don't have the stats in front of me. Actually, no, no, you know neither, neither do I. But you, you continue can... your point because I'm I'm okay. not. You're gonna you're gonna look. No, no, no. It's okay. No, so, I, I I'm, so I'm ready. Cri- I believe in you. So the crime has either gone up or it stayed the same, but we keep increasing the budget. <laughs> so John Tory thinks that by increasing the budget, we can get the crime rate under control, and he's thought that for at least the last four years, maybe even the first four. It kind of sounds like he keeps doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Gee, what's the the definition? Oh, that's right. He's insane. <laughs> he did it. He got there. <laughs> that was really good, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I got to be honest with you. I, I don't believe in defunding the police. The police are absolutely essential. The problem is, is that there are too many chefs in the kitchen right now. You got the outgoing chief. You just got a new chief. And the mayor likes to stick his nose in the business and and and, and contract cops to, to break up encampments. And there's too many chefs in the kitchen. These The police need to be proactive, not reactive. Um, that's 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 part of the problem and i say that knowing full well that in the last two months or however long it's been we've lost four officers whether they're tps or opp or whatever and then that's sad and that should not happen however they're 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 this is the situation we at least face in toronto that there's too much money going to the police budget it needs to um it needs to be honestly i would cut probably 300 million off of the budget and and 
reappropriate that elsewhere. That's what I would do, but I'm not in charge. And that's pretty good considering that my campaign, I had only said 400 million. <laughs> so, you know, like only a hundred more than that. Um, but I, I honestly, I'll tell you when my kids were a little bit younger, we had a, a school resource officer uh, named officer rich and he didn't carry a gun. Uh, but he came in, he drove his car into the schoolyard. He let the kids sit in the front seat, honk the horn, do the siren, wear his hat. Uh, he was really, really good with the kids. Um, I don't know what other kids experiences were with school resource officers, but my kids had a pretty good um, experience. I think it, that might be worth at least trying again. Um, the other thing I would do uh, to cut costs is that Toronto police wouldn't be doing any more pay duty. That's what we have crossing guards for. Yeah. Uh, uh, those are, those are just, or security guards. Yeah. Come on. We own logics now. 22 million. <laughs> um, shit. Ah. What, what do you think about what I'm saying? Hope am I, am I off base or. No, I completely agree. And um, everything you're saying like makes sense to me. And I, I agree with it. You know, uh, a couple episodes ago, um, we we don't like to toot our own horns, but we actually we <laughs> I we we solved the homeless crisis in Toronto. <laughs> so we're very good. Um, by the way, before I tell you what, before I tell you how, I can't remember what was your position on the the Gardner Expressway. Did you were you in favor of keeping it or or getting rid of it? This is foreshadowing, by the way. Yeah, this is foreshadowing. I I didn't have an opinion on it. I, That's I was okay. I didn't know about it. So. That's okay. So the problem is, is that at least at least every term, the minimum it's going to cost to keep the gardener running because it's it's a it's a it's a freeway in the air, um, is it's to, around two billion, and that is the amount that Toronto City Council has in their quote unquote reserves. So if we get rid of the gardener we take that $2 billion and we restore every single unhoused person in Toronto their, to their former lives. We've solved the homeless problem or the, 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 the homeless problem. We, they, they all become um, uh, taxpayers and they become contributing members of society. And we grow together as a city better. But like I said, I'm just one person. Oh, sounds like a good plan. Yeah, ever since the election wrap, like I, I know that you and I had only talked during the election. I kind of kept my opinions to myself. Um, <laughs> but now that it's over, it's I'm free to say what I want. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I do have a quick thought before we yeah. move on, which is, um, you know, regardless of where we stand on on the police and. You know, I, I do want to say I do appreciate. Um, so on CBC Radio, they had a couple of interviews with uh, John Tory one day, and uh, another one with Josh Matlow and Gary Crawford to talk about the increase with the police budget. And uh, the host—I don't know how to pronounce his name. I believe it's Ismaila. Oh no, I—I I feel so bad. We fuck um, up names here. It's okay. We do, but I wish we didn't. <laughs> um, but. You know, so he would ask, he would ask Gary Crawford, 
you know, sort of what is the what is the evidence of, you know, increasing uh, the police budget to safety? And I really appreciated that they kind of kept pushing back when, uh, you know, they would respond with anecdotes instead of evidence. And they just sort of say, no, no, that's not evidence. What is the evidence? And I, I did also appreciate Josh Matlow making a kind of a separation between uh, increasing safety and increasing the feeling of safety. And also, um, I, I read about uh, a little bit about this. Uh, John Tory was on Metro Morning, and he said that his raising the police budget had nothing to do with evidence. Right. It had right. to do with with because he got his... a mandate because he's no, the fucking mayor. No, no, he no. It gets better. It had to do with feelings. His God, he, he sucks. He had he had feelings that he had to, or or he was respecting other people's feelings that he had to increase the police budget. I hate this man. <laughs> I'd love to know when we started making city decisions on feelings. When we got a mayor in their ninth year acting like they're just discovering the mayorality for the first time, just like, oh shit, I've got an office. Yeah, he, he woke up and he's like, I'm I'm the mayor. <laughs> oh, that wasn't a dream. <laughs> um, you you didn't happen to see uh, either of these online, did you? Hope the ones we're referring to the um, the Metro Morning interview and and um, the thing that Philip is referring to. Same yeah. thing. It's uh, they're both Metro Morning. Oh, Metro Morning. Mm-hmm. They're very good. I we, we should start listening to them. Regularly. We should. They're very good. Like <laughs> this guy. Were, yeah, you know, endorsement. Let's plug them. They're they're they've got advertisers. They're rich, but we can plug them for free. <laughs> or or we're shooting. CBC Metro Morning, come on, guys! <laughs> come on the show. Ooh, there we go. That's we'll, some cold calling. Let's we'll give yeah, it a shot. If they, if they come on the show, we'll watch our language. Okay. <laughs> no, I think it's the other way around. If we go on their show, we have to watch our language. Oh, if well, they come on too. show, they they have to fucking deal with it. <laughs> um, Philip, before we move on totally from violence, I I I came across something in my notes. We must have skipped over it because we did not cover it. So back in early December, this woman called the uh, 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 called the police because of a, a B and E, and they told her to call the mayor, the nine one one operator. Uh, hold, hold on, I've I've got it here. I just gotta pull it up on my phone. It's so far down because okay. Toronto woman livid after police allegedly told her to call mayor during home invasion attempt. Um, let me see if I can get the whole uh, article. Okay, so a woman says she's livid after an officer with the Toronto Police Service allegedly told her to call the mayor while an intruder attempted to break in her home Sunday night. This person's name, I'll name dropper is Sahar Bargian, B-A-R-G-H-I-A-N. She detailed an incident in a video uploaded to TikTok on December 6th. In the video, she says that a stranger attempted to break into her home on the evening prior. 
Um, uh, we are very concerned and have reached out to discuss this with her. I guess they're talking about what the cops said to her. Uh, we don't have any further anything further to add at this time. CTV News Toronto has reached out to the mayor's office for further comment. Meanwhile, Bargian says she and her family haven't been able to sleep since the incident. It's just nerve-wracking to think that someone's outside your home just looking and you don't know what's next. I, I can't believe this blew by either of us because... Yeah, I had not I had not heard about this before. Uh... Mm, that's awful. Yeah. Actually, I think that brings up a good uh, a thought here where regardless of where you stand of if you think the police are valuable or or not, I mean that's that's sort of the two sides, there's clearly a failure from the Toronto police specifically. If I mean if if anything, minimum, specifically Toronto Police. Because, uh, I mean, I also, I work as a security guard downtown. So, of course, a part of my job is to call the police for, for things. Uh, you know, residents uh, get their bikes stolen. You know, people breaking into the parking garage. And you call the police and they just, they don't come. Uh, I've had a lot of instances where I've had to call the police and they just do not show up. And it's just such a strange failure. And I think that's what's weird, where, you know, we continue to reward the police with an increasing budget while they continue to be scandalous and failures. What about you, Hope, in your neighborhood? Um, any, any, any people that you know or you've come across during the election that have any problems with, uh, with the police? Um, my dad told me that there's like a lot of crime. I also I've joined like a lot of the Facebook groups for in my area and like prior to the election and when I was running and they like there's always people reporting different crimes that happen. And do you know if the the police attend or not? No, they usually <coughs> It's usually just like they have like cameras outside their houses that show it, but people and nothing ever happens. Yeah, it makes you wonder what the police are doing, ever. I find unless you say the word gun, they're not coming. No, honestly, it's 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 not like exactly like back to what Philip was saying, but like how it doesn't like prevent them, prevent it, but they should be coming fast. Like the part of their job is to make you feel safe, and if they're not coming when you need them, then that just like takes away like your feeling safe. Like it's not good. Absolutely. Uh, you guys have anything else to add before we move on to our next uh, subtopic? I think we got pretty good into uh, my FTP policies. Yes. I, I love that. We <laughs> is, is that a t-shirt already? <laughs> FTP <that>? policies? <laughs> well, we'll I know, see. We'll, I know, we'll figure listen, it out. I know, I know FTP is already a t-shirt but maybe well yeah that's what i'm saying if we add something to it then we can do it yeah ftpp <laughs> um i want to talk about the ttc service cuts so i have a letter here um it says service cuts up to 10 minute subway waits proposed in ttc budget increasing fares to fund inadequate transit discount is a shell game ttc uh 
TTC Rider says, the Toronto Transit Commission's 2023 operating budget released yesterday proposes a a 9% less service in 2023 than pre-pandemic levels, a fair increase for youth and adults, and allowing for more crowded vehicles. TTC Riders, a membership organization of transit users in, users in Toronto, released the following statement. Mayor Tory has proposed deep budget cuts that will leave transit user, users waiting longer for their bus, streetcar, and subway. And when their TTC vehicle arrives, it will be more crowded. Service cuts and fare increases will only drive more transit users away, reducing safety and wrecking Toronto's chances at meeting our client, uh, climate goals. In a cruel and cynical move, <clears throat> Mayor Tory is asking the lowest income Toronto residents to pay more to expand a discount for a small fraction of other low-income people rather than raising revenue from those who can afford it. This is a shell game, not a meaningful investment in, in affordability. The mayor must fully fund the fair pass discount through the city of Toronto budget, not by raising costs uh, for other transit users. Every TTC fare increase means less money in people's pockets for food and rent. The mayor could raise hundreds of millions to rebuild TTC ridership with more service and lower fares with a parking levy on big malls and commercial landlords. I, I have a lot to say about this. I know a lot about this. <laughs> um, the, floor I... is, the floor is yours. Thank you. I'm a frequent TTC rider. I go to TMU, so take it every day to go to class. I take it to work. So just by reduce. So there's a lot of things that you said there, but first of all, first of all, by reducing like how many um, vehicles there are, that just creates a lot more issues for people to get to work on time, appointments, anything. Some people's main form of transportation is public transit. So if it's not, if it's not like um available to them and also really like it shouldn't be going up I think I saw that too I think I saw it on TikTok that it was going up and it's just crazy because I like the amount I remember it used to I don't know how I was little I used to have like those like a little it was like a paper and yeah there were tickets like the little yeah. tickets yeah yeah like these little tickets student, student tickets yeah they had <laughs> they had student adult and senior everyone had tickets okay I think it was like 75 cents maybe I don't know something really little that compared to what it is now. And it's just crazy. Like, I don't think they should be raising the fares at all. And to be honest, the TTC isn't very prompt or like efficient. Like there's always delays and there's always things. You're just like adding to these people's like not getting to places on time by making them like um, spend more money. And in reality, 10 cents doesn't seem like that much. But if you take the TTC every day, multiple times a day, 10 cents definitely adds up to like a lot and I don't think the prices should be going up I think it should be going down and um the Toronto should cover a lot of the fares because it's a really good money week like a lot of people work for the TTC and frequently I've been seeing a lot more like fair um people who watch the fair inspectors and I've seen a lot of people's thoughts on that that they think they shouldn't be spending more money on having these people stare stand there and watch if you pay or not they should be spending the money on more vehicles and lowering the costs. And to be honest, they don't really do much either. They kind of just stand there. Like they're not very like proactive about if you don't pay, 
And I really think that they're very useful. I always pay though. <laughs> Go ahead, Phil. I mean, I've got I've got a lot of kind of like segmented <laughs> thoughts here, but I've got when I think of like the fair enforcement officers, I think of here's like a very easy kind of like math equation for me to think of. How many fair evaders would every single fair evader officer have to catch to make up their salary? Uh, you know, like they're not saving the TTC money. That's just very simply, uh, that's just obvious. That's just very simple math. They would have to be catching so many people. Okay. So like, <laughs> like, holy shit. I would be like, uh, yeah, it depends on, I don't know how much they pay the fair evaders, but if it's minimum, even if it was say, for example, it's minimum wage. So you'd have to catch like five people an hour. That's still an insane amount of people an hour <laughs> like that. And I don't think they pay their fair evader or fair inspectors minimum wage. So, you know, you increase that. They have to catch even more people every hour. That just seems exhausting, you know, bare minimum, the other, you know, problems with it. But uh, the more bigger picture of a lot of these, the, the budget, the fare increase, and the service decrease. If you wanted to sabotage a system so that you could... Uh, you know, give a good reason to destroy it, uh, you know, a la provincial government and the healthcare system, you know, this would be, this would be how you do it. You know, you make it more expensive and worse. Arbitrarily, mostly, it really feels like. Uh, you know, I wish I had said this first. I want to talk about, this isn't a fair complaint monetarily, but I, I find it so silly when it's like, okay, so I think the fair is 325, so that's, you know, toony loony quarter. And now it's, this is silly. Again, this isn't about the monetary, how much it costs. Uh, you know, 10 more cents. Now you have to have a, a dime on you all the time. I don't have any change at all. I mean, I use the pesto. But so again, this is a very silly complaint, not about the monetary, whatever. But I always find it very silly when they don't round it up to quarter amounts. Not that I would suggest that they should have made a 25 cent fare increase instead of the 10. You know, it should have been nothing. It should careful, have been a decrease. Care, careful there. John Tory might like your idea. No. <laughs> he's listen, I started this I started this podcast with how much I hate the man. He can't take criticism. He has not listened this far. So he <laughs> he has no idea I've said that. So uh, we're in the clear. Um I I made a a tweet that explains my my circular logic of what happens when what they're doing with what they're doing, which is uh, you start with there are funding problems. Funding problems, obviously, they come from the fact that we came through a pandemic, ridership went down, um, and we're not back at pre-COVID capacity. We're just not there yet. So funding problems. So uh, how do they resolve those problems? By logically, they should only do one or the other, either increase fares or reduce service again. My preference is neither, but uh, but they're doing both. So uh, then you're going to have less people riding the system because it costs more and it's coming less frequently and they're going to be more crowded. So then the TTC is making less money because less people are riding it. So less people are paying. And then you get right back to the beginning of the circle, which is the funding problems. How do they solve funding problems? Apparently fare increases in and service reductions. It just, it keeps going until it's a $5 
per trip useless system that no one uses. I find it funny that um, they're having funding issues when last year, Mr. CEO got a 21% increase. Right. We talked about this. I, and ha I, I hammered that during the election. I could talk about CEO, you know, expenditures all day long, but you know, it's, you can't, you can't be crying poor and then being like, Hey, guy who's already well off. Here's another 21 million. You're good. I will say, I'm not going to say his name. Because uh, I don't want to plug him because he's gone off the rails. But there was a candidate who had a amazing one. That's one amazing idea in, in terms of the TTC. And that was to, uh, so it's not my idea. Anyone who's listening, I'm not taking credit for it. Because there are those people, Philip, you would believe that think that I say one thing and do another. And love to go on social media and blast me. Without ever naming the show or naming me. So, and I don't understand that, but whatever. What was I saying? Okay. <laughs> so there is a guy who had a idea about um, turning the TTC into more real estate based, kind of the same way McDonald's does it. McDonald's doesn't make money on burgers. They make money on the real estate they own because the franchisees pay the rent and the TTC should do the same thing. There are a lot of stops, you know, Dufferin's, no, it's not Dufferin station. It's Dundas West station that has McDonald's. I love that. Um, I used to go there all the time when I uh, when I uh, rode the TTC. But there are other stations that I'm very familiar with, even though I haven't rode the TTC in years. That there are there is space to expand. Maybe an outdoor cafe restaurant, maybe a, a brand name store to drive people in, and their rent will go towards the TTC budget. I mean, it's one plus one equals two. Why is that so hard? I think similar to that, um, I know Union Station is obviously like a lot bigger. It doesn't just have the TTC, but they just put like a Sephora. Uh, I know because of the makeup, <laughs> they put um, the Sephora like right into Union Station when it was just like an empty spot. I don't know where their money goes to, but similarly. So, can I ask you about that specifically? So is it once you pay your fare, then Sephora is there or is it outside of that? It's outside. It's like right when you're like, it's like under where the train station is. Okay. Right. I do. I think Union Station is actually managed by the city. No, it's. I, I think it's managed by Cadillac Fair. Metrolinks. Oh, really? Oh, Cadillac Fair. Okay. I, I'm almost. I could be wrong. Again, I say this a lot. I'm wrong a lot, but uh, I don't think I'm wrong about this. I think I only thought that because someone had mentioned. You know what? It was the security guards. It was some story when. Um, the whole train debacle was happening a couple weeks back. Uh, so I think that's where I got the idea that the city was responsible for Union Station. Um, now, Matt, uh, to keep to your commitment of not naming names, but just so I know who we're talking about, uh, Davenport candidate? Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he's... he's um, a good idea and then a bunch of batshit crazy, but, you know... <laughs> Um, every, every, you know, every squirrel gets a nut every now and again, <laughs> or however this, I just fucked up the saying, however the saying goes, 
Every a uh, blind neural, uh, blind neural, a blind squirrel finds the nut. That's what it is. That's the saying. We're coming <laughs> together. We're good. I mean, it is. It is a good idea. I mean, it's. Oh, actually, no. I've got. I've got nothing to add. It is a good idea. It is a good idea. Um, Hope. I. I don't presume to know your area very well, but I. I think you're the closest subway station to you is Wilson Station. Is that correct? Yes. There are tons of potential for Wilson Station, at least the Wilson Station I remember, because, um, I mean, that used to be where the, that used to be the station that I frequented the most when I was a little kid, because um, if you've heard me talk about it before, uh, my mother used to take us to Center Island but she used to try to, she wanted to fuck with us. So she'd be like, no, we're going to St. Patrick's to the dentist. Cause you have a dentist appointment. And then, you know, she would just keep edging me on and edge me. And I'd be like, I don't want to go to the dentist. And then we would pass St. Patrick's station and go straight to uh, wherever you go for uh, center Island. And then, yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, uh, so Wilson station, I'm very familiar with it. There is a lot of potential for maybe not maybe not a restaurant but like a, a brand name store because a lot of traffic comes through wilson station same with like downsview no definitely they they actually they downsview there's a lot of green space and nothing like there's not even like very many parking spots but at wilson there's a huge parking lot that is like full pretty much every day monday to friday like hard to find a parking spot i park there to go to school and they're actually knocking, like getting rid of it and putting condos there. Getting so, rid of the station? Getting rid of the parking lot. That's oh. like, the parking lot's huge. Like, I don't know where anyone's going to park because like, it's, I don't even know how to explain how big the parking lot is, but it is so big and it is full, like to the brim every why day. Wouldn't you, why wouldn't you park across the street uh, where the Costco is? Well, they probably wouldn't let you, technically. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're not. <laughs> I gotta say, they can't tell who's parking there for Costco and who's parking there for the TTC right? until they realize their parking lot is full of cars and there's nobody in their store. And then they have to, <laughs> they're like, uh, this doesn't make any sense. At Wilson Station, there's, I don't know if it's called like shops at Wilson Station. It's not really Wilson Station, but they um, built a new, like on Billy Bishop, they built a bunch of like stores and there's like a tunnel that you could go right down to wilson station oh, i didn't say, know that i didn't know about the tunnel they say you're not supposed to park like your fair investors fair but i i don't um <laughs> but like i'm telling you i always see ttc people like workers walking through that place because it's right across the street and then you can just go on the tunnel under and you're like right at the station you know i, I i'm never gonna begrudge someone from parking you know a lot of people give me a lot of shit because um, you know, I have a bad niece. So years ago, like three years ago, I went to my doctor and I filled out the paperwork for a handicap sticker. And I use that motherfucker. I use it. And some people I offend and I don't mean to offend it, but you know, it saves my knee from walking to the back of the parking lot. So I'm never going to begrudge someone from you park wherever you want. As long as they won't tow you away, it's all good. <laughs> um, Let's get on to something that uh, Phil's been waiting for. So I, there's I, a Twitter comment from Diane Sachs oh, that I want to yes. read and then get uh, both your opinions on. Can I start? Well, I'm going to read it and then you can start. No, I know. Yeah. I know. Okay. Thank you. Because so I got it. Diane Sachs wrote, oh, I don't have the full comment. Shit. 
Uh, it says, you know what? Let me try to look it up on Twitter. Give me you one know, second. I I think I can get it up. real quick, and yeah, I can yeah. probably give the context too. Yeah, yeah. If, see if you can get the comment. I've got the comeback from uh, Janet Davis, former counselor Davis. Ooh. Okay. But if you uh, can get the original, the original comment. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because if you don't so, like the city, that's that's okay. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, so it starts with this guy Reese. Uh, from his Twitter's like at RM Transit. He posts videos about like uh, transit stuff. I should watch more of his stuff. I think he's probably a good guy. Maybe we'll even ask him to come on the show. Maybe. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so he's just posting about, and in fact, I I know the area that he's taking a picture of. That's just before George Street, which is where I work, uh, right across from St James Park, and he's just posting like a street that's in disrepair, and. He basically just says we should not be okay with the streets looking this way. And he tags Diane Sachs. Uh, I don't, the funny thing is, I will say, I don't know why he tags her there because this is, this is Chris Moyes' ward. This is Ward 13. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I work there. I know, I know the area. That is, that's Ward 13. But uh, (laughs) it is good that you say, am I sure? Because I did also think that the King Street pilot corridor was here. And I very angrily posted about how they were letting cars drive, like, turn there. And Norm was like, that's not where the corridor is, buddy. I was like, shit, I look like an idiot. Anyways, uh, so he he basically says, you know, this, not a good look. So Diane replies, if you don't like the city in such disrespair, disrepair, then send in a submission to the budget committee and ask the city to raise enough revenue to pay for a good quality of services and infrastructure. It won't happen unless people people speak up for it. She is a sitting city councilor seeing the rhetoric on Twitter. And instead of saying, I hear what you're saying, she says, complain in the proper way. Shut up. If you didn't if you didn't want to be the lightning rod for municipal problems, why did you run? Why are you here? Why did you have to win over my friend Norm? I really like Norm. So Just, I'll read no, I'll shout read. out. I'll read Janet Davis's response. And then if you want to read a couple of the response, you don't have to read the people's names, but a couple of the responses that you think make sense, the ones you want to pick it, you can cherry pick some, but I don't uh, think- so Janet Davis responds. Sure. Looks like John Tory doesn't care what counselors or the public thinks he's already decided his priorities increased police TTC enforcement before the budget release or public hearings thought we had local democracy and not just an advisory board oh i forgot we don't <laughs> and any other ones you want to cherry pick since you you're dialed in there so here's a, a candidate for ward 19 jenny warden uh with respect counselor is it possible that they elected you to do that on their behalf <laughs> of course is it possible that you were elected to do your job uh, that's so that's hilarious. good. And again, like a lot of them along this line. Uh, Sheila Cola, someone I, I like and follow. Please, this is your job, not ours. Keep the city in good repair. Like it's just, it almost sounds like sad in a sense where it's like, what? don't you know that this is what you need to be doing, Diane, please? <laughs> and if we're keeping track of her scorecard, this is the second time that she's made a, I won't say critical error, but error. Uh, going back to the 1312 
council decision and then her 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 feel her need to have to re- had to release that letter that i read uh hope i'd love to hear your comment anything you want to say on this topic no definitely oh my god i just said a- <laughs> sorry i just said completely we're talking about but the comment sorry yes. i think um social media is much bigger these days and it's another form of communicating with your counselor. So if that's the way that that person decided to choose to tell their counselor their issue, the counselor should have responded within being able to help them out there, not directing her to somewhere else. That's what her job is to do. Absolutely. Hell yeah. I agree with that. Um as, no, as a good as a good follow-up, you know, don't 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 title the episode this way, but as a, as a follow-up to last week, uh, Matt, this is for you. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at Diane Sachs. We're really we're gonna go through all the counselors. It's it's gonna be great. You know, they're all gonna cause my my IBS to flare up. You know themselves. I knew you would say that at some point. Uh, <laughs> I felt really good about it. It, it seems like your catchphrase. Even though... I'm okay with that. I'll I, again. I didn't I didn't come up with it, but I will absorb it as my own if nobody knows any better it's fine it belongs to me now it's fine so um hope going back to you for a second um did you i think i thought i asked you if you had any uh future plans in terms of running i know like i've i i read up on you when you uh when you entered the race uh, you have this uh, dream of, of running for mayor when you're 34. Is that correct? Or is it in 2034? Yeah, it's it's in 2034. So I'll be 31. I just like those numbers. That's awesome. And I was like in grade five. I was like oh, 2034. I, did, I remember I looked at the math every four years and I settled on 2034. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I'm excited. You know, I've been a fan of yours since day one because mo- – this is going to sound really horrible. It's because of your age, because the one of the big problems in Toronto is that none of the young people give a shit about uh, politics. They don't care about. And then, and then, and then when you meet a young person who cares about politics, then they get overloaded. There's federal, there's provincial, there's municipal, and they don't care. Um, and a lot of them don't understand which government to be mad at for which issue, which government to go to for which issue they need help for. And, and I find like when a young person like yourself not only is interested, but runs, that increases the chances that you're going to drag a whole bunch of young people with you. And that's what I was excited for. I'm like, yes. I'm like, these old people, they're, they're, <laughs> they're confused. They're misguided. They, you know, we got Trudeau lovers and we got Ford lovers and we got Kathleen Wynne lovers and we need, that's why I love, like I told you in our interview, I I love municipal politics because you're not dealing with parties. You're dealing with people. It's one person. Now, unfortunately we're dealing with John Tory right now, but I'm, I'm really, really, I'm going to cross my fingers when I say this, I'm hoping he's gone 2026. Um, You know, uh, Phil's, mm, I don't remember if he said he's committed to running, but I want to do something in 2026. I haven't decided what it was, um, but I'm really thinking that 2026 is going to be my year. Uh, as I've told you, you know, in, a, in our, in our um, interview, I, I've been 
juggling and, and, and back and forth for 12 years. And it's, it's now excuse the expression, but it's now time to shit or get off the pot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I think I really think that you should. I, I'll, uh, you, you got my vote. I'll endorse you. <laughs> I was going to say but about running for, I think I got what was really cool as well is a lot of my friends who came in for like reading week went out to vote obviously just because of me but I don't think they would have voted if um I wasn't running so it was cool I definitely did get a lot of young people out there and voting and that was a, a cool um reaction of it I don't know if that's the right word yeah you're definitely like I like um I, I think I can speak for Phil you're definitely an inspiration to the younger generation we need more like you um, like, and, and another comment I said during uh, most of my interviews is what I would have preferred this, uh, council is a complete, other than maybe Josh Matlow, a complete rookie, uh, council, because we've already tried the people with experience and look where the, it, it, it's, it goes back to the insane comment I made about John Tory. You know, we keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. It's just not going to happen. We need to try something different. Um, Bill, you got anything to add? Uh, you know, I, I think it, it's something that I've brought up uh, during my my run. In fact, I probably even maybe mentioned it in our you know interview back then, where you know I think what we're really lacking in politics everywhere, we're really lacking. Um, a lack of, I'm trying to think of how I want to phrase this, representation of experiences. So like, for example, I wanted to run, you know, as someone who I consider myself lower income, like I'm taking care of a family. Uh, I, I don't have a car, so I like rely on public transit. You know, so I would, I experience, I, I experience the service cut. So I know what it's like as someone who takes the TTC, like I would represent TTC riders on council. So for example, I would never vote for that budget of a fare increase and service decrease. You know, and that's when you have a council full of people who don't rely on the TTC, you know, the, the ends sort of justify the means. It's like, well, we need to make this budget work. And it's like, okay, but people rely on the service. It's, so I'm, I'm sort of like, kind of jumbled up all over the place so but i do think it's very great for you to run as someone who is for example just coming out of high school because that's very fresh for you so like very student uh student related issues which would very much be ignored by by the counselors who are for the most part older who have not been in school for a very long time so it's just it's it's just the different groups of people who want who are running to have their ideas represented, which I think is very cool. And why I really like municipal politics. I think, you know, I kind of jumped with all that, but that's what, it's cool. That's it. That's what I want to say. It's cool. Thank you. Okay. So um, I had a couple more things uh, that I wanted to go over just real quick stuff. We were going to cover last week. Um, Phil, have you ever heard of create TO? Uh, I have. Uh, and what about you, Hope? Have you heard of it's? It's something newer. Uh, it hasn't been around for for long. 
Um, have have you uh, have you heard of it? Um, no, I'm not familiar with it. What is it? So it's a program. It's um, it's called Create To. I'm going to read it right from the website, and then we can talk about it a little bit. Uh, so it says, launched on January 1st, 2018, Create To was established by the City of Toronto to manage its real estate portfolio, which, with more than 8,000 properties, is one of the most expansive, diverse, and valuable real estate portfolios in all of North America. CreateTO will develop city buildings and lands for municipal purposes and deliver client-focused real estate solutions to city divisions, agencies, and corporations. And their story continues. <clears throat> In May 2017, City Council voted to adopt a new citywide model to centralize the delivery of its real estate services. Under this new model, BuildTO and the Toronto Port Lands Company are now part of Create TO, which works closely with the City of Toronto's real estate services and facilities management divisions to apply a citywide lens to ensure the most effective use of real estate assets. Previously, more than 24 divisions, agencies, and corporations have been involved in a variety of real estate functions and activities. Create TO will enable the city for the first time to adopt a strategic citywide approach towards the delivery of real estate services that promote a balance of community and economic benefits, the intent to create opportunities to build a better Toronto by continuously looking for new and better ways to use the city's real estate assets, underutilized and surplus lands and open spaces, serving as a catalyst for city building, Create TO works collaboratively with city stakeholders, external partners, and community members to develop real estate solutions that are innovative in their approach and effective in their design and delivery, creating more livable, sustainable, and inclusive communities. Wow, that was a that was a mouthful. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I'm just wondering. Uh, Phil, if you want to touch on this first, what you think about that. Uh, we all know that Josh Matlow, we said it, I said it last week, it was a quote, housing now is a failure. What about create TO? You know, um, well, because I'm looking at the website now and I'm just like. Oh, so you were, uh, follow, you were following along. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, I was thinking to myself, like, uh, this, this isn't with the city specifically is it it's 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 funded by the city oh okay because yeah. uh i'm at this i'm on the projects page and i was confused because they also have a segment on housing now so i was confused on what it was but i'm just like i'm looking at some of these uh project places including one for warden station which i assume is um the idea where they want to build the condo on the the parking lot uh is that it oh, yeah it is uh, oh, sorry. I'm I'm sort of talking to myself. Um, no, no. I think this is. I think this was. But I think this is what Parthi was uh, opposed during uh, the campaign. Sorry again. I'm. I, I realize that means nothing to you, Hope. That just came out of nowhere. Um, yeah. yeah, Parthi uh, Kendavell was one of the candidates for Ward Twenty, and I I think this specific project I think was the one he was opposing. Crazy. So oh. interesting. How you how you just stumble into these things. Um, let's talk about the board of directors. You'll find this very interesting. Ooh. So 
first two names you probably won't recognize. The chair, his name's Ron Caracini or Caraccini, depending on how you pronounce it. Um, vice Whoa. chair. Sorry, vice... I'm just seeing the names. Sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm spoiling. I jumped ahead. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I... Vice chair is a lady named Sandra Levy, and then we have two directors, counselor Paula Fletcher and counselor Brad Bradford, better known as John Tory's boy, uh, involved in that. And then the rest of the names I don't really know. Um, wow. Did you say, sorry, that uh, uh, housing now is a part of Create to you? Well, because if you go under, um, uh, let's see, where was it? Oh, Projects Portfolio. You click it, and it's one of the top uh, things there. It's Discover Housing Now. Um, let's see. Oh, does that narrow? Oh, it narrows the search results so that it shows the uh, projects that are specifically about housing now. That's very interesting. I, maybe it's not that interesting. Maybe I'm just interested in it. No, no. It's definitely something that we can uh, maybe dive into and, and, and expand on in maybe a future episode. I just wanted to bring that as part of a discussion. Um, I, I wanted to hit on it last week, but, you know, we ran, we ran, we ran, we ran long last week. So um, the last thing I wanted to talk about was, where is it? It's called MIRA, which is stands for multi-unit residential application. So I may be wrong, but my understanding is that like this is a, a, a program where not-for-profits can fill out the multi-unit residential acquisition, uh, um, uh, I guess, papers, and then they, I, I'm not, they buy or they they get they're given the 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 property um it's it's it'll be run by a not for profit but then it takes it out of the city's purview I, i'm not sure but uh there's there's um it's just here so i'll read it real quick this is dated march 31st 2022 uh today the city of toronto is launching a request for proposals rfp for the new multi-unit residential acquisition program, MIRA, to protect affordable housing for Toronto residents. Approved by City Council in the 2022 budget, this program provides $20 million in grant funding and city open door uh, program incentives to qualified not non-profit uh, and Indigenous housing providers, including, including housing cooperatives and community land trusts. To respond to Toronto's growing need for affordable housing, MIRA will support the non-profit housing sector to purchase, renovate, and operate market rental properties for Toronto residents with low to moderate incomes. These homes will be secured as affordable housing for at least 99 years and contribute towards the city's target of creating 40,000 affordable rental homes by 2030 as established in the Housing TO 2020 to 2030 Action Plan. Uh, eligible properties include small apartment buildings of up to 60 units, that's small, um, and, and multi-unit houses, houses, also known as rooming houses, that are either vacant, uh, vacant or occupied and at risk of being lost due to conversion or... Uh, conversion to less affordable housing under mira apartment buildings are eligible for up to two hundred thousand in acquisition and renovation funding per unit uh 
multi-tenant houses are eligible for up to 150,000 per dwelling room. What do you think of that? You know, it sounds great. And I I hate to sound like all of my criticisms is just uh, I'm so pessimistic about John Tory that, you know, the stuff just isn't going to happen. Like we we sort of have to take the city at its uh, at its word and sort of uh, act in good faith like they're going to do this stuff. Right. Like if we're going to if we're going to talk about it, we have to act as if it's it's going to go through. Uh, so I think it's good stuff. I think uh, I think it's I think the city. Wow. I, oof, trying to say the word city. <laughs> um, it's a good program. As far as I can tell, my limited knowledge of financials, it seems like a good program to me. And I hope I'm, I'm interested in, in, in your thoughts uh, in terms of not for profits being able to buy um, these properties and then run them. Um, do you think that's good for Toronto or, or not? Um, yeah, I think it's good for Toronto. Um, I think it's like a learning curve. So to see if it were to work out, like give it like a little test run. Absolutely. You know, it, it, um, it, it, it makes me, sorry, go ahead. No, you, you go ahead. <laughs> I was going to make a joke. I was saying that my dad, my dad will sell them. <laughs> you know, it, it makes me curious because, uh, hope is, as you, uh, I think I told you, and, and Philip, of course, you know, I actually started my not-for-profit. Now, it's gone nowhere um, since I started it, uh, just because, you know, with the election and other stuff. And, and There's then I went, time. Uh, yeah. Definitely. But the point is, it's still there. I still have it. I wonder if theoretically or technically or whatever the word is, I could fill out an application and and get funding to get a property to help people. Gee, I wonder. That might be worth uh, investigating. Just check it out. Let us know. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Hope, it's been so fun having you on here. You know, um, I know I keep raving about your your ability to draw the younger crowd into the election. You know, every election, whether it's I, I know we ran, you guys ran municipally, but every election, whether it's municipal, provincial, federal, they're all important and they all shape, um, they all shape our future. And I mean, it's no secret, Phil and I, well, I, I'm not going to speak for Phil on this singular issue, but I'm, I'm not a big fan. I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a big fan. When you say you're not, <laughs> hold on. When you when you say you're not a big fan, it applies. You're still a fan, just not not so much. I am not a fan of uh, of Justin Trudeau. I'm really starting to not be a fan of Doug Ford. I uh, anyway, and uh, I, I share your feelings on on uh, on the mayor, Phil. Um, that's why it's important to get people out to vote, whether I they're sorry. Go you no no. You can cut me off. You're the guest. Go ahead. I'm just saying that I agree that it's important if you want change to go out and vote. It's like the same way, like how I believe, like if you didn't go and vote, you can't complain about, you can't complain about what's happening if you didn't have a say. That's funny. That's, I say the same thing. Don't, uh, don't vote. Can't bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just it's it's a you 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 must be so in your neighborhood at least at least in your neighborhood you must be some sort of a um, celebrity 
Can yes. I say that? Can I say <laughs> that word? <laughs> Local celebrity. Totally. I really hope that you you harness this energy and you don't um, put it away and forget about it. I really hope that in in four years, in 2026, that you are running again. Um, we'll we we yes. need more people like you. Um, I, Phil is almost committed. I'm not sure. I don't want to speak for him again. Um, I know I want to do something. So Oh, I'm running. Oh, there we go. Like, Someone, someone's I love gonna, it so much. Someone's going to knock off uh, Gary Crawford. I I would like it if he just got sick of it and then he's just like, yeah, somebody else do it. Like, me. Look at me. If Noon Ziada hasn't got sick after 35 years, I don't think he will. Like, God. Well, then I'll just, I've got four years to make a compelling argument against him. So for our listeners, next week, it's, we're going to, we're not going to have a guest. It's just going to be me and Phil. Uh, and we're going to catch up on all the the municipal drama, <laughs> um, and we're going to bring there's it a lot to going you. On. And there is a game that you and I are going to play. Ooh! I don't want to spoil it. All right. But we'll play a little game, uh, uh, in uh, dealing with the counselors. We'll I'm talk excited. about it. We'll, we'll talk about it off air. But yeah. Um, again, hope it was so great having you here. Um, is there anything that you would like to say um, to the listeners or, or anything to, to close off? Um, we're all ears. Um, uh, first, I want to thank you guys both so much. I really appreciated you reaching out again and being able to come on speak here again. I really enjoyed the conversation and to any of the listeners who are listening, I will, I will be running again in four years and I'll be 23 then. So hopefully hope for city councilor in 2026. But yes, Absolutely. thank you so much. Ooh, hopefully hope. And I yeah. really hope, I really hope we didn't scare you off with our language. Uh, you know, when it was the election season, you kind of got to play the game, but it's not election season. So we, you know, we kind of, we do what we want basically, but I, I, I hope, I hope we didn't offend you with our language. No, no, don't worry. <laughs> Uh, Phil, do you have anything to add before we get out of here? Uh, no hope. It's uh, it's been great to chat with you. Um, you know, good luck in the future. You too. Uh, we're all we're all we're gonna do it next time. It'll it'll be our time. Yes, definitely. So that's great. I mean, again, for for Phil, thank you so much for coming on, and thank you to our listeners. Um, next week we'll be back with a brand new episode of the Municipals. So stay tuned. Part-time mayor. He sucks. My answer was that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. Fuck Kathleen Wynne. Sorry to uh, to point that finger at you. You're saying council wouldn't approve it. And two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to uphold it. <laughs>